Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to remind everybody that we will be at Heroes Con in the middle of June in North Carolina. Come out, say hello, wear your Cartoonist Kayfabe uh, t-shirts and hats and gear. We love to see that. And uh, just check out some comics. We're going to be digging into our comps and bringing a little bit of everything that we have. So if you're looking for any rarities, anything new, check us out at Heroes. Also want to remind everybody that the last Saturday in July is Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. This is the second year that we're doing this. Take out your doubles, take out your comps, your free comic book day books, just some good comics, whatever you think, and put them in your local lending libraries, those little libraries that our neighborhoods all seem to have. We did it last year. We invite you to take pictures of those cool little libraries with some comic books in them and share them on social media. Uh, thousands of pics showed up last year. I think it was a good success. Let's make some new comic book readers. We know that people go to those little lending libraries to find something to read. Let's put some good comic books in there. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll grow some new readers that way. All right, Ed. We've been talking about this as an episode for a while. We're going to look at Nick Manabat's Cybernary. This is one of the early image releases. This was on the back, packaged as like a flip book with Deathblow, Jim Lee's Deathblow. I was so excited for Deathblow. It was that Frank Miller style Jim Lee art. Uh, I think we've looked at this in another video, so you can check out Deathblow if you're not familiar with it. By the time I finished this comic, I had no care about Deathblow anymore but I was a Nick Manabat Cybernary fan. You are not the only one, man. Uh, like, like when uh, I was still in middle school when this stuff came out and there were the like speculator kids, you know, that had those like, I remember seeing those like binder, like like three ring binders with like sleeves that you could put comics in. <laughs> and like the football jocks fucking would even collect this shit thinking that they're gonna put themselves through school. And a lot of people were on that same tip were like, yeah, you know, it's a flip book, but this cybernary first off, great name. Yes. For the nineties, for the mid nineties and shit. Great name. And, uh, this like high contrast artwork. It, um, as, as like a comic, it's like, it doesn't flow like a comic, like, like the, the success of the art is in the obscurity. Like you got to stare at it for a while to even understand what anything is. And then as it starts to unfold before your eyes, you're like, this dude is a fucking ruler, man. It's amazing, especially for a young guy. Like, I think this is, this represents the bulk of his published work. He did a couple of, uh, I guess you call them pinups or file type things for Wetworks source book that were done after this. And he kind of opens up his style. Like, you know, we often talk about outlaw comics and one characteristic is how much ink is on there. Like load black. that stuff up with ink. And that's what he's doing. And you know, some of the stuff that like these covers, I think you see a little bit of maybe a Sam Keith, Simon Bisley was a guy I think that was an influence, but it was just really hardcore stuff. As somebody who was drawing in his notebooks and copying this stuff, this was very exciting to me. Yeah, I think he, I think it was a, like a part of like the kind of Filipino school. And uh, there would be lots of black and, and lighting and shadow and lots of the work that, that comes out of out of that uh, camp. Yes. You know, so you could you could see that stuff in there. And uh, the other piece of this creative team is Steve Gerber is your writer on this. And there have been interviews with him because Cybernary gets an ongoing after this. But Gerber talks about just how excited he was by Nick Manabat's artwork. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, like I, I don't think it's a successful comic to read, um, but just page after page of this kind of stuff like this this kid had such an imagination that was like perfect for the zeitgeist like he knew exactly the things that need to be in an exciting mid-90s comic yeah joe kyoto is doing colors 
And um, there's a Wildstorm Facebook group that I joined this week in search of an artist edition of this, uh, nice. which the, the, the Facebook group produced, uh, you know, amongst itself. But they also assembled like the color guides. So there's like a big post with all these color guides where you see like they're painted, man. They're beautiful. Yeah. Those color guides are phenomenal. And unfortunately, I think it's a little dark, but you can still get some sense of it. And even from the beginning, I feel like as a page, that's a great layout with the eye in the middle that kind of like pulls you right through right. because it's so busy in places like any kind of guidance you can get or negative space, like having these characters not overlap, for example, is a really good choice because all that black, you wouldn't <laughs> even be able to pick out how many figures were there if he didn't figure out like, let's separate them, you know, and in black and white it really pops. And with all this stuff that you said, there there are ones where it is just like a uh, smorgasbord. This is like these um, pinks and stuff, purples. That's like that example of like, tell me this is a Joe Chiodo colored comic without telling me it's a Joe Chiodo yeah, colored yeah, comic. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like that, that's, that's his palette. But it works really good when you throw orange on top oh, of great. those, uh, it's great. On, on top of that purple. It's great because it's adventurous. Like this would be to the 90s, dude. Oh, that's some pussy stuff, man. Why you use a pink, blah, 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 blah. But, like, he he used it. Yeah, and you know why? Because, like, the green pops then, the orange and red pops, and all the spiky detail. Like, a cyborg dog monster with those... I was thinking of Robert Williams with the teeth where they're almost metallic. Right. It's so cool. And then you get your big money shots, right? Like, she's shooting that thing right in the mouth, blood splattering, ink splattering all over that page, and fighting these, like, green cyborg nightmare monsters. <laughs> it's cyberpunk, you know? It's so cyberpunk. Yeah, there's H.R. Giger built into the aesthetics here. And we aren't getting any answers in the beginning. It's just this action-packed, like, nightmarish cyborg monsters versus this hot chick you know, scantily clad, wearing like Red Sonia's uh, leftover armor, but with some cybernetic augmentation as part of it. Even the ads are kind of, kind of fitting. Yeah, totally. Complimentary as we go through here. But the action shots look good. Like this was a talent that from a very young age was sharp. Look at the reflection in the knife blade. Yeah, yeah, the separator's doing a little work there to, to separate the stuff. It's really sharp stuff from, uh, from a young talent. You know, the kid outshined Jim Lee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Killed it on this, on this one. And, uh, in the end she's blown up and then these scavengers find her and we see like the, uh, Ayo the teardrop. Point, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's funny. That is like get little kid shit. Reminds me of Chud, you know, like these guys coming up from underground <laughs> and they're all in shadows. So it's scavengers that are picking her up. That's going to continue on as we get into, uh, issue number two here, man, those covers are sweet. And you can see, uh, basically the credits that we mentioned. Jim Lee is, is your co-creator on this. Not a flip book. I was thinking those were flipped, but I right. guess not. Just a backup. Yeah, and what that get what that means is that uh, when it becomes a movie, Jim Jim Lee gets to make all the money and Nick Manabat and his his family get nothing. Yeah. Um, a very young artist too at this point. Like he was born in seventy two and this is a ninety three, ninety four publication, so you figure like he's twenty ish or so whenever he's drawing this. Yeah, like this is you just we need that in black and white. Yes. You know, it's so high contrast, so, so like it, it's it, it's outsider comics, man. Like it, it, he ain't worrying about storytelling. It is outsider, and the attention to lighting is so good. It's so dramatic. This is stuff that you know, in a lot of ways, you don't see this in today's comics, where like the the inker or the penciler is putting in that degree of lighting. Here's the thing, too, dude. 
Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by uh, the books that we make, but there's also a Patreon. King Kayfabers on that Patreon get all of the videos uh, before anybody else completely mitigates that Kayfabe effect, and they have access to our uh, weekly stream uh, where we create each of the episodes completely removing the kayfabe effect from uh, existence for them. Uh, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a good sample of our bibliography, but we have some additions to this. Man, we never stop working. Jimmy's going to have Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming to you this summer. It is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, it's different material. It's from uh, Jim's pre-image days, and you have both volumes. You're going to have all of uh, the Street Angel content that Jimmy has created to date i'm gonna have forthcoming the hip-hop family tree omnibus is coming to you i just got the cover proofs look at that look at that gleam look at that gleam 504 pages look at the size of that spine that's a lot of comics in that book uh comprises all four volumes of hip-hop family tree 140 pages of new material that uh, is not uh has not been seen in any of the other volumes at this point and i drew a bunch of new stuff for this comic also there is a uh, x-men grand design trade paperback coming out that's going to have all three volumes of x-men uh grand design comprised into one volume uh it's a trade paperback coming to you in time for the holidays just like the hip-hop family tree omnibus and red room uh is my new series red room crypto killers issue one is out in the wild coming out on a monthly basis here's the cover for issue two murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in red room comics there are two trade paperbacks without that out in the wild as we speak now that we're done paying the bills back to the video crazy imagination like to just make a comic or make a good drawing that's successful is one thing but now you're designing incredible looking science fiction cop cars that look plausible and solid and have life to them it's almost something i can imagine like jeff darrow drawing some of this stuff yeah. not with all the black ink right but with the kind of like wires coming off and a cop car that has like all kind of the stuff excess. attached to it yeah, and like a moment like this, like that feels, that's real cinematic, it's good. You know, these kind of things, even in Shadow, you know, you can infer what that is. And, that, and that's still like, you know, you at home can't make a spaceship look this cool in Shadow. Reminds me of J. Lee Namor. Totally. Of this time period where it's like the blacks are almost their own uh, color. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 lots of shades of that, you know, especially even in this kind of thing. Like, like those kind of points that, I mean, that comes from um, Chapel. These guys... So, like, those cyborg, I think they were called hunter killers, that she kills a couple of them in the first chapter, but to show how tough they are, like, you see this one's been blown up and it's almost a zombie walking, but still moving, and guess what? Still taking out dudes that are, like, armored, I guess, policemen is, is who those guys are. But, you know, just kind of speaks to the grotesquery of what these augmented characters are. And then, going back to Geiger, like, getting into that, like, techno-organic material. I need I need to see that that page, man. I need to see that that spread, dude, in in real life. Who owns that? It's phenomenal. Um, I can slip you that PDF that has it. all this stuff because it's essentially black and white work, but it's almost um, satanic. These characters, like, it really adds that idea of like devils and monsters and stuff, grafted right onto like the high tech future world. Even though I think Jim Lee or somebody I read that this is set in the present. It's like set up on some <laughs> island nation somewhere. Um, but it definitely has those qualities. So the people who found Cybernary, this is her. They're trying to, like, figure out what they've got with her. You know, these scavengers, these underground mole people. And so they have her in this kind of uh, 
you know, we've seen this in a million comics, right? The life tube with all the wiring hooked up. A Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X kind of uh, homage there. Tim Sale is going to start to become the uh, De Death Blow artist. And uh, he's on top of uh, Jim, Jim Lee layouts. Yes. But then when the Jim Lee layouts go away and Tim Sale's doing his own thing, those are great issues. That's the thing. Yeah, those are great issues of Death Blow. Like, like you can't read them. The, you know, still probably Brandon Choi writing that garbage, but the artwork is fantastic. And this is some of the darker stuff, I think, color-wise. such a bummer that, uh, you know, still learning that early coloring technique but you get this stuff right like yeah so one of these guys has hooked up his mind to hers to try to get inside shades of dawn and matrix in here by the <laughs> way because she is a uh, they call her like a nymph bot i think is what they call her but obviously she's been augmented to be able to fight and again dawn and matrix you know like programmed in some way that her mind is different and so what we're going to get inside of her head is the flashback of how she got to this point but i love this effect of like this guy who's his brain's being fried how do you represent that you know it's a great eyeball and a real sense of like strain and explosion but now we're back and could have been right out of akira this fight look at that thing dude how do you draw that kind of shit like this 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 dude had massive talent in, on, in so many things. Yeah. I love the cyberpunk elements, you know, like that future truck that's, that they're going to hijack in the middle of a future city. Totally. Like, like it, it, um, it has shades of, like, role-playing games, like, the, with the design elements and stuff. There was a, a kind of cyberpunk role-playing game called Shadowrun, I think, it, that... You know, it's that Blade Runner kind of energy. This this sequence, just these two pages, call to mind Dragon Chang, a future yeah. <laughs> a future cyberpunk trucker, you know, and now he's taken over the truck. They're hijacking this truck that's full of weapons that they're going to deliver to this resistance group. And uh, there's some questions about, like, how did you, you know, how was you got all this high-tech weaponry out of there? Well, it turns out there's a tracking device in there. So this is a setup, and uh, that is a setup for a showdown. So here come our bad guys. They could be Mad Max Fury Road. They could be any of those kind of like really almost straight to video VHS cover art. Imagine yeah. it being airbrushed and just all that stuff that was so cool looking and you couldn't deliver it anywhere except in drawings. <laughs> right. There's that Tim Sale. Yeah, and that's that's post like issue three is the one that Jim Lee does the layouts, and it's really weird to see Tim Sale on those layouts. Doesn't work. This one he's on his own, and you can see it starting to break loose pretty neat different paper too um a little bit less glossy and i don't know if that helps but it feels like it's not as dark like yeah. the coloring doesn't feel as overprinted in this particular issue and this is like early <laughs> wave one of uh of image so you know they're working out some of those this issues this guy with paper. man there's no way he'd be able to do like a full full issue like like uh you know each month or something so you give him four or five pages to deliver this quality of work it's incredible looking it's so so much is happening for a young artist to be able to have this level of depth because if you look it gets smaller and smaller we've got a figure back here that's about a quarter of an inch and you can make out the pants the sleeves on his shirt like layers on layers ed yeah these guys were not shy like like stephen platt as well uh rob liefeld said you know like he would use that like point point oh one rapidograph to like get some of his technique onto onto the page and then you know it was um Larry Martyr like saw that stuff and was like, this guy will never be able to sustain right. this. All of these kind of just all the techno stuff that he was able to draw. Here's and here's the thing, like Nick Nick Manabat, he understands the forms 
of everything. So he's able to get like accurate lighting. Like like Stephen Platt was just double lighting everything, and it was just just it was uh, it was a mess really. But like this dude, he understands the roundness of things. Like everything that he draws, he can imagine it in 3D space and, and he puts down the lines that actually are pretty accurate and compared to the stuff that he did earlier like it's clearer yeah you know, he's cleaning things up a little bit so thinking of this as coming from Jim Lee how much is this like Cameron Hodge yeah you know you can see like the multiple limbs and like the big you know built into the wall kind of mechanical person and the deal that they end up making the revelation that we get here is she trades her life for that guy the guy that hijacked the truck and this thing turns her into cybernary. So the revelation, whenever he comes out of trying to read her mind and figure out what, what program is in there, is that it's a human in there. And that's the end of the setup. You know, there's a cybernary series that spins out, but some stuff happens between here and there. And uh, one of the pieces of that puzzle is this open letter. This is from Wildstorm issue number two. An open letter to fans of Nick Manabat. So he basically goes away after this first four issues in death blow and the question is where is he at he has serious health problems he has leukemia and this letter is kind of like explaining that and talking about him going through chemotherapy treatments and things like that and uh, getting a bone marrow transplant um the long story short is you know he dies this is uh wizard magazine from 1996 and he's in memoriam 23 at the time of his death heartbreaking it really I, I, it changes perspective so much. I'm a kid. I'm 18 whenever I read this. Probably may not even register to me. I didn't remember this until we went back and went back through this issue. I look back on it now and I think of like 23 as like, it's a child. Totally. It's just so yeah, young. Yeah, the dude didn't have have any any shake, man. It's it's awful, but the, the artwork lives on. He got a chance by all accounts. This is what he wanted to do, you know. He got to at least experience the dream for a little bit. And it was, it was at the, it was during that um, speculator boom. So like, there's, there could be millions of Nick Manabat comics out there. There's, there's more Nick Manabat comics out there than you and I probably have. Um, I don't know if that's true. I hope it really? is. But I, I will say that I found like a Nick Manabat Appreciation Society on Facebook. It's a wild storm group, but they did a Nick Manabat artist edition just amongst the fans on there. They've assembled like the color guides, like I mentioned. So there's definitely a Nick Manabat fan club out there. Uh, maybe an informal fan club, but definitely a bunch of us that appreciate him. And um, this is one of those image ash cans. Yeah. I think a kayfaber may have sent this. This is kind of cool even seeing Jim Lee's work in the black and white. I think this stuff, they did a good job with these because look at how sharp and crisp yeah. the line work is. So I figured this would be a chance to at least look at some of Manabat's artwork without any color where you can really see that line work. Again, like going back to these character designs with the spikes and like your robot eyes and things on top of it. It's marvelous. Totally. Like like if this was like an 80s black and white, like oh. we'd be celebrating it so much. You know, it's a shades of rain and mess. Yes, that's that's a guy I thought of too looking at this. Just just a lot of uh, you know, we talk about jobbers. I don't feel any jobbing going on on these pages. Absolutely this is a guy who not. got a shot and was putting everything on these pages. That young enthusiasm and energy Man, that's a talented artist that got a chance to at least shine a little bit. Totally. I didn't even notice the methods and materials at play in the in the color piece, man. But he's going ham with like using friskets and and uh, spatter. Yeah, I I wonder um, if there are accounts of guys that were in the Wildstorm studios because I think this is most of these guys were working out of a studio. 
if there's stories of him just embracing this, trying different materials that he would get access to. I pointed out that knife reflection earlier, and you can really see it in black and white. Just how much it contrasts with, you know, our, our monster villain behind it with all the cross hatching and then the white of the blade really popping in the foreground. Right, right. But but also one of those things where like the colorist saw that and was like, you know what, man, I gotta I gotta help this along a bit. It does feel like this guy, he's so rounded. You know, like this yeah. is the first issue. So like all the stuff that works, it's not that he figured this out after doing three issues it's like this was his first go at a comic yeah yeah I, these people exist right like 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 i meet these people they come up to us at the convention sometimes and, and show stuff off often what is lacking in uh in their their system is 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 the discipline to do page after page of that kind of thing so they'll never like make a comic but this guy was making comics he was clearly in the game and there was lingering health stuff that like he might not have even known about at this time and stuff that was probably slowing him down a touch but you know like i said when this came out and everybody was in that speculator mode uh it was the cybernary stuff in these comics that really caught everybody's eye that made us all kind of like look over it and puzzle over it and some confusion but knowing that like once you could like you know, soften the focus of your eyes and f figure things out. Like, yo, this is badass. It was so exciting. And it's that thing of like, you get this and you look at it and you may not know heads or tails or which ends up, but I wanted to see more. Totally. I had questions. Absolutely. I was going to be back for the next piece because like, it, the, it was something that I hadn't seen before. Totally. And, and, to, and to that point, I still haven't seen something like this. It's true. And in these comics, here, here's the thing that the image guys have done, did to us at this time. Uh, Reading comics be damned when it has an image logo. Like, this stuff is indecipherable, incomprehensible, and boring to read. Uh, give me, but it's called Image. So, give, draw me some cool shit. And, you know, like, these are, it's so hard to explain, but like, they, yes, they take the guise of a comic, they're 32 pages, they got us, they got two staples, there are panels, there are word balloons, but almost none of these early 1992 93 image comics are comics like it doesn't work as a comic at all it's just like collections of drawings that are kind of like cool and far different than anything that was done in the mainstream but they're not really you know they don't function well as comics at all well i'm glad we got a chance to show this stuff off because i think this is a, a jewel in that first year or two of image comics absolutely and um rest in peace nick manabat for sure man uh Long time coming on the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. It's... Yeah, this is one of those that we've talked about a lot over the years. And by the way, like as I was reading Cybernary, I was I was sharing this with with some some homies, like just like snapping pics. Oh, dude, we're gonna be looking at Nick Manabat Cybernary. People that I would have expected to know about Nick Manabat were like, oh, who I got to research that a little further. So like, once again, another example we take for granted, like what what we know and have access to. So I'm super proud to uh, share. Nick Manabat's work. It's with, a good point because this is probably stuff that DC's not going to do like a one-shot collection of this stuff. Like this is probably you know it just kind of fades over time. So yeah, hopefully we do turn a few new people onto it because these are books you can find in the dollar bin. And man, add them to your collection if you love looking at comics art. Absolutely, Kayfabers like follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Uh, subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. It's going to get you all the videos uh, before anybody else gets to see them. And you have access to uh, to the stream that we are recording right now with uh, the King Kayfabers. A lot of cool back and forth going on between videos. Uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July happens uh, the last Saturday 
in uh, July. It's an initiative that we put together where we're putting uh, a bunch of comics that we have into uh, the free little lending libraries in our city and around our neighborhoods, man. The idea is to grow comics readership and expose people to comics who might not see them otherwise. Kind of hard to come across comics these days, man. So we're going to make it a little bit easier. Did I say that we're going to be at uh, Heroes Con this coming weekend, Jimmy? If I didn't say it, I'm saying it now. <laughs> uh, Jimmy and I are going to be there the whole weekend. Look forward to it. And uh, we're bringing a big haul of all of our stuff. So uh, if you're missing something in the collection, we probably will have it there. Um, but the vids are brought to you by the books that we make. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you uh, so sooner than later. It's going to be available in time for the holiday. Big thanks to everybody who put in pre-orders. Got amazing feedback from the publisher about everybody who put in their pre-orders at this point. 504-page Omnibus hardcover. Let's see, they, we've just got a sample of the cover stock here. Uh, 500 plus pages uh, collects all the volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, but there will be 140 pages of additional content in there uh, that is not in those first four volumes. So please support the book uh, in time for the holidays. The other holiday release that I'm going to have is the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback. Uh, it's going to have that cover. It's going to be the size of a typical trade paperback, uh, but it brings the the X-Men Grand Design back into print. There are a couple volumes that uh, might be a little hard to get. I only saw one volume at the Barnes & Noble I was at recently, and it was a later volume. So scoop that up. Uh, but the new work that is coming out is Red Room Crypto Killers. Uh, there are two trade paperbacks in existence of Red Room uh, right now, the Antisocial Network and Trigger Warnings. This is covered a the newsstand edition of uh, issue one, cover to issue number two, and issue three is going to be a hot key, so make sure you, you scoop that one up because my, the focus of my next project is uh, going to first appear in, in that particular issue, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit, uh, scoop up these books, and uh, su support cartoonist kayfabe. Jimmy, what do you have? My next book is Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This will be coming out from Image Comics later this year. It collects all of my homeless ninja on a skateboarder stories that are not featured in Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. Also from Image and back in print after it was absent for a while. So if you missed Deadliest Girl Alive, you can scoop that one up now. These two books have no overlap. So you buy them, you'll have the entire Street Angel epic in two handsome volumes that'll look nice on your shelf next to each other. You can also pick up Hulk Grand Design, my Grand Design contribution is now out in the oversized edition with a fluorescent green cover. You can't miss it. And The Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic no novel, also available and back in print. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where I have been serializing my latest comics. All great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, but there are more ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, drop some science. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, hats, mugs, merchandise, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Make more comics.